Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Margot Cooper doesn't do relationships. She tried and it blew up in her face, so she'll stick with casual hookups. Thank you very much. But then fate intervenes and she comes face to face with Olivia Grant, her childhood friend and her first love. When Olivia needs a place to stay, Margot offers up her spare room because she's a very good person, obviously. The more time they spend together, the more Margot questions her no-strings stance. Will history repeat itself, or should she count her lucky stars that she gets a second chance with her first love? Count Your Lucky Stars is the brand new queer rom-com from Lambda Literary Award-winning author Alexandria Belfour. This second chance romance is perfect for fans of Casey McQuiston's One Last Stop and Christina Lauren. BuzzFeed calls this a laugh-out-loud romance with the sweetest romantic scenes. Library Journal gave it a starred review and says it's a warm hug of queer contemporary romance with sparkling prose, heartfelt dialogue, and delicious dirty talk. So check out Count Your Lucky Stars from Avon Books by Alexandria Belfour. Hello, hello, and welcome back to When in Romance, where we get to talk about romance, romance landia, drama, and romance. <laughs> I am Jess. And I am Trisha, and I am surprised that you are not introducing yourself as a published author and editor of Black Love Matters, Jessica Pride. Jess is good, too. I just thought you might consider, you know, a slightly different introduction. But whatever. Whatever you want to do, Jess. Whatever you want to do. Well, I mean, I have such a great hype person in you that I don't need to do that work. I mean, I'm here for you. All, you know, 99 episodes so far. Yes. Yes. We are recording episode 99 on Thursday, February 3rd. 2022. We've done this 99 times. We've done this 99 times. And it's going great, I think. I think it's fair to say. Uh, Can I just jump right in on a thing because I'm so excited about it? Yes, go ahead. Okay, so as just said, this is episode 99. And as you probably know, for the last year and a half, we've been counting down to episode 100. That might be a slight exaggeration, but it's not that much, I want to say it's probably been since like episode 80. So it's been a minute that we've been counting down. So it is almost episode 100. That is our next episode. We have some very fun stuff planned. But the thing I'm most excited about is that we want you to be a part of it. That's right. If you are listening to this, we want to hear from you. Let me explain how this is going to go. So all we want is for you to tell us about a book that you've loved that we have talked about. You don't have to have heard about it from us. It just has to be one that we talked about because honestly, like, it's our birthday. So, (laughs) you know, like, whatever. Wherever you found it, we're happy for you. But it does have to have been mentioned on One in Romance. And you have two options for how to do it. So first of all, you can send us an email uh, that we can read in like 
30 seconds or less about what the book is, how much you loved it, why you loved it, or, and this part I'm also very excited about, I don't know if any other Book Riot podcast has done this before, so we might be trailblazers, whatever, hard Mm -hmm. to say. Uh, You can send us a voice memo telling us the same stuff. So it has to be under 30 seconds. If it's over 30 seconds, we can't use it. So you'll send it to us at whenandromance at bookriot.com. We're thinking like this kind of a thing, right? So it'll be like, hi, this is Trisha from Washington. And I was super surprised by how much I loved the enemies to lovers element, which is usually not my jam at all, in Battle Royal by Lucy Parker. The writing was sharp, and it kept me engaged, even when the main characters couldn't stand each other, and then it got all soft and lovely, and there were cakes and princesses, and I loved it. See? That was very easy. I just did it. It was less than 30 seconds. I don't know. It seems like a very fun option to me. We're really excited about it. So, here are the things that you have to keep in mind. You will send either your email or your voice memo to wedinromance at bookriot.com. We have to be able to read it in under 30 seconds, or the recording has to be less than 30 seconds. And you have to send us, if you're sending us a recording, we need it by Tuesday, February 15th, 2022. As long as it's February 15th in some Earth time zone, that is fine. We don't care. You're good to go. (laughs) But we need it because if you send us an audio clip, you, you yourself, might be edited by our wonderful audio editor, who we talk about all the time, Jen Zink. Ooh-ooh. Jen, yes, right? Jen has explicitly mentioned that everyone try not to have like any foghorns in the background while they're sending their clips, uh, which I think is fair. <gasps> but Jen needs an opportunity to listen to them before we record on that Thursday later on. So do please make sure that you send us any audio clips by Tuesday, February 15th, under 30 seconds, or send us an email that we can also read in about 30 seconds. Jess, what am I missing? Like I said, I'm very excited. I feel like I've probably left out a key piece of information. You said it all. Send it to winningromance at uh, bookriot.com. If you are trying to scribble down all of our information, this will be posted in lots of places on the internet. So don't worry. Yes, <laughs> correct. Yeah, if you are listening to this um, the day it comes out or after, uh, my hope is before this episode drops is to put this on uh, Instagram so you can find it on my Instagram at Trisha Haley Brown. And Jess has agreed to put it on Twitter because I don't go there. (laughs) We'll talk about that more later. Jess, remind people what your Twitter is. Uh, Jess is reading, all one word. Hooray. And I'll try to put some of the details in the show notes too so that uh, those are there. But yeah, we're excited. And we like the reason that we get to do... 100 episodes is because all of you are listening and you're such an engaged, fun podcast community. So we're pretty jazzed. Yes, we are. All right. I feel like I talked for, I don't that may have been 10 minutes worth of description. <laughs> uh, so the only other thing I will say before we switch over to uh, another ad spot and some other things is, uh, as a reminder, after episode 100, it doesn't just end there. We're going to keep going. It's going to keep being great. Our next, our first book club pick of this year is Written in the Stars by Alexandria Belfleur. We are March 7th. That's the one we're going to be talking about. So we'll be recording on March 3rd. Send us your thoughts. Send us your questions. Um, but yeah, the, the greatness is just going to keep on grating <laughs> past 100. Yes. All right. Everyone is tired of hearing me talk at this point, Jess. So we'll give them a brief break and let you talk for a while. All right. So thank you to W by Wattpad Books and Lockdown on London Lane 
for sponsoring this episode. This charming new romantic comedy follows the inhabitants of five different apartments on London Lane through a mandated week-long quarantine. In one apartment, you'll find a couple who end up on either side of a locked door. In another, a couple is questioning their long-term relationship based on pizza-topping choices, while in another, a one-night stand turns into a six-night one. Amidst all of the drama, one thing remains constant. Life is full of surprises. The author of the blockbuster The Kissing Booth returns with a charming novel about love in the time of lockdown. Publishers Weekly calls the book Rom-Com Enchantment. So thank you to W by Wattpad Books and Lockdown on London Lane by Beth Riekels for sponsoring this episode. Okay, I'm still very excited to be podcasting with you, but I did take that time to sort of settle down a little bit. <laughs> so I feel like you can be my my professional, normal podcasting self, such as it is. And hopefully people will not grow tired anytime soon. Um, so we have just a couple of quick news things, and then we're going to talk about Twitter a little bit, and then we'll get into um, some recommendations. But... We talked about the Spoon Awards semifinals that uh, were live last time we were recording. The finals are now live, and you can vote by February 11th. We'll put the link in again. I voted yesterday. I I was excited. Like, I was excited about the books that I saw that were in. I don't think I was surprised. I, I will say, Jess, I feel like this is a collection generally. One of the reasons that we talk so much about the Spoon Awards is because it's I feel like a, a pretty inclusive, there's a good variety of books here, yes. but it did remind me of the categories that I don't read. Yes, there was, I, I had to skip a bunch of, of sections, even in the semifinals, in part because I just didn't read as much as I have been last year, and I really missed a lot of really good books, um, yeah. or books that yeah. I am assuming are really good because there are too many books. I mean, I need yep. I need y'all to stop for a minute. Just a minute. Like, yep. imagine what all of our lives would be like if publishing just stopped for a day. Can y'all do that? <laughs> Spoken like someone who just put out a book two days ago. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> We're all guilty here, everyone. This is no one person's fault. Nope. um but yeah no i think that's the thing there's i will say it's i think a good sign right like it's kind of a it's it's a champagne problem as Mm -hmm. they say right like a diamonds on the soles of your shoes kind of problem of having so many good books that are you know high enough quality it's also it's a lot of books even in the finals Mm -hmm. so i think i will be keeping this list open just to be able to kind of reference back over the course of the next year for when i when i need a, a new read yeah. Yeah, it's very different from like the Ripped Bodice Awards, which are what, nine to 12 books? Are they even doing that again? I don't know. But historically, they have been. I was hoping you knew. Uh- <laughs> yeah, and it's usually February. So if I don't know, we may not be able to talk about it on episode 100. We have a lot of things planned. Yeah. But if that uh, does happen, we will we'll talk about it. But yeah, I, and who knows, you know, they is I think it's a lot of work for everyone judging. And that's the thing, too. It's one of the cool things about the Swoon Awards is that it is sort of crowdsourced. Yeah. Which is, I think, kind of neat. Yeah, like I, in in the first first round where you just nominate all of the books, like you can nominate 
I think as many books as you want in every category. And I feel like there was at least one category where I nominated like six or seven books. Because the ones that I did read last year were amazing. I just didn't get around to the other amazing ones. I think, and that's the thing that's hard too. I think we're all going to be playing catch up for a little while because the last couple of years have been a little harder. So yeah, I, I say that as if we weren't playing catch up when we started this podcast, right? Twenty eighteen, yeah. So right, yeah. yeah. But anyway, so we will put the link there so you can vote for your favorites. It's just like a fun thing to do. So you know, speaking of fun things to do, Jess, we're not the only fun people who have podcasts. No, we're not. I mean. We're the we're the best, right? Obviously, but there there are other people that are also cool. Yeah, not everybody gets to ninety nine episodes. So, uh, but no, a couple of friends of the show. Well, Sarah Wendell, we've actually uh, talked with on the show, and uh, she is, as many of you know, the originator and HBIC, I guess you would say, of uh, Smart Bitches Trashy Books. Um, she's lovely and wonderful, and she is teaming up with Alicia Rye, who we have not talked with on the show, but we've talked about on the show. Mm-hmm. Fantastic, fun uh, author who writes a lot of very like sexy, angsty, funny books, and they are hosting a new podcast about real-life love stories. It is called Love Struck Daily, and it launches on February 7th. So by the time you are hearing this, you can be downloading the first episode. Excellent. I think it's daily, too. Is it? Well, it's called Love Struck Daily. So I imagine at least f- for now, maybe they yeah. maybe they recorded a bunch of episodes in advance and are just going to like drop them. I have to say, like, I'm so excited because these are two very talented people and I'm excited to hear this. But also that feels like a lot of love stories. <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of people in the world. That's true. I think if you are a person who does not personally have like a back catalog of many love stories, it's sort of like, God, where are they going to find these? But I understand there are other people whose experiences are different. (laughs) But yeah, so we will, I will see if I can find a link to that. I'm not sure there will be one, but it's called Love Struck Daily and uh, you can find it at your podcatcher of choice. (sighs) Jess. Trisha. We need to talk about Twitter. Oh, no. I know. I feel like there's a, we don't talk about Bruno joke in this somewhere, but I don't have it. I was trying to figure one out. Like you said, we need to talk. It's like, no, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. You know, when we're episode 102, we'll have it. It'll be great. (laughs) There are a lot of Twitter romance conversations. Romance Twitter is a... An entity, I think, that has a um, a reputation in and of itself, mm-hmm. which we've talked about. And I think there is some good in that and some bad in that. And, you know, more than one thing can be true. But there are a couple of conversations kind of hit kind of critical mass attention in the last couple of weeks. And I think even less than talking about those specific conversations, part of what we wanted to talk about generally is just kind of what is Twitter for and what does it do for the romance cultural conversation Mm-hmm. And is it a net positive or a net negative? I don't know. I don't know if you want to start by kind of mentioning some of these conversations, start by kind of your general reflections on romance Twitter. What are you thinking? Well, like romance Twitter in particular is a very strange thing because it's said to be a welcoming place, but it also seems like they say a lot of things about people coming from outside of the community to say things. Yeah. So it's like it's a weird kind of mishmash. I appreciate yeah. Romance Twitter because it led me to some of my favorite authors and it led me to some of the people who contribute to my book. Yay. But 
it does have this weird, well, like one thing, text is always weird when you're trying to have a conversation because certain tones don't come through very well. Um, yeah. And then, you know, you're trying to have a conversation in 280 characters even if you're writing a thread or you're not even trying to have a conversation you just have a thought and you put it out into the world and all of a sudden other people that you don't know who don't know you who don't know your attitude who don't know your personality who don't know your background are suddenly coming for you because you have a thought that is a valid one but somehow you are offending them so it's a really really strange place i love it to death for the good things that it gives me because the people that i really like are really great yeah and it is tricky right so there are two i'll just speak very briefly about the two kind of threads that have caught i think a lot of attention in the last couple of weeks and The first is from a person named Jack Edwards. I had never heard of Jack Edwards. I believe he is a he and refers to himself that way. He also refers to himself in his Twitter bio as YouTube's resident librarian, which makes me feel a little skeptical immediately. So I'm probably not coming into it very fairly. But he does have a, you know, his his tweet that caught a lot of attention essentially is a comedic reflection on how romance books, he kind of quotes romance books as saying, quote, this man is so big, he is just so huge, he towers over me, all I can think about is how big he is, his arms are big, but I have to contain this feeling, we work together, yet my mind is imagining a life with Mr. Big and all his enormousness, (laughs) he is so big, which actually is kind of funny, because that does happen a lot, so Uh I totally get it. And he's making YouTube videos. He mentioned specifically in the thread that he is enjoying his foray into romance books. So I think it's kind of an all in good fun thing. So that's, that is one piece of this. I have a little bit less sympathy for him and the people that came after him. Jack Harbon, who we've talked about on this show, who is a romance author, who is, uh, as he describes, he, him, cis ish male who tends to write but does not exclusively write male male romance and the tweet that he had uh that he was asking is and i this is again i'm quoting directly from it i have a question and don't fight me because i know how you girls love to whimper at an ounce of pushback foreshadowing (laughs) but what do women gain from exclusively and solely writing erotica and romance about queer men he goes on to say like if i as a cis ish man eh, wrote nothing but WLW, so women loving women, in often toxic relationships, I'd rightfully have criticism or at the very least some questions to answer. It would feel like fetishization, obsession. I don't get it. So in the thread goes on, and I, I actually will try to thread to that one or link to that one because I think there's some interesting observations. I think for me, just the difference between these two things is that, I mean, I don't really care about Jack Edwards' tweet. Mm-hmm. I think he makes a good point. I think it's kind of funny. But I also don't feel bad for him for getting some pushback because I do think that there is some history in why romance Twitter tends to be so defensive, right? It's been oh, kind yeah. of ridiculed for so long. Yeah, totally. It just seemed like it was such a pile on. Yeah. <laughs> it may have gone a bit overboard. I think that's very fair. <laughs> um And actually, I mean, I also think he's making kind of a really good point. And it's one that we've talked about a little bit, but that doesn't probably get enough focus is the focus on men's bodies is very different than the focus on women's bodies, Mm -hmm. even as we're thinking of romance as being more inclusive. And I also say, I think 
Jack's point is also very, very good. And it's a thing that as, again, as romance has tried to, some aspects of traditionally published romance have tried to be more inclusive. It's a thing that I don't think we have fully reckoned with is why women are often writing male, male romance. And what does that mean? And who are potentially, who is potentially being boxed out by that? Mm -hmm. So I think in both cases, there's potential for interesting conversation. But I also don't know if it gets drowned out by all of just like the messiness of Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to say because like, there's, there are some people who have who are trying in good faith to make statements that make no sense. And there are people who just have no concept of what Jack is actually talking about. So in that part of people coming from outside the community to be part of this discourse, I sort of understand Romance Landia's defensiveness in that because like, there are some people who responded to Jack talking about external forces, not romance where we see all of this stuff. But you know, like things we've talked about before, how Fan fiction has been the place where mostly women, cis, trans, or otherwise presenting people um, have gone to sort of play with their own sexuality. That's awesome. I've gone there. But that is not what Jack was talking about. And like, it's just one of those things. <laughs> I feel like both of the tweets are by people named Jack. Shoot. So... <laughs> it might be. A, I think mostly you were talking about Jack Harbon. I was completely talking about Jack okay. Harbon. <laughs> okay, good. So everyone, if you need to go back 30, 45 seconds, you can re-listen to that and know. But yes, I think I think I, everything you're saying makes a lot of sense. Sorry, continue. I just wanted to make sure we were clear on that. Totally. And that that's kind of one of the interesting things about this, right? It's like Mr. Big Guy... Like that kind of conversation gets so ephemeral that like I don't even remember what that guy's name is. But I I will <laughs> I will defend Jack Harbin to the death. So sure. I'm just like, look you. Yeah. Um because um he is a cherished young black queer romance author and we protect them with our lives. <laughs> As well we should. <laughs> And I think that's the thing, too, right? Like, so I will say, though, of these two tweets by Jax, <laughs> do you think that based on sort of who would have seen them? Because, okay, so I'm on the Jack Edwards, this man is so big tweet, 21.1 thousand likes. If I go to the Jack Harbon tweet, it's 1,600. Mm -hmm. So one of those had significantly more reach, but I think – we can't necessarily measure which was more involved in the conversation in the romance community. I guess all of that to say, do you feel like one of these is more interesting or important or an interest? How do you feel about these as kind of representing or furthering the romance discourse? I think that the big funny was more broadly seen in part because of the amount of audience that white jack has <laughs> and i think i think you found the right way to distinguish them <laughs> and also like it was probably spread beyond the romance community in mm -hmm. which people who were probably less lovingly funding and more like haha isn't mm -hmm. that so true 
romance sucks kind of people might have seen. Whereas Jack Harbin is presenting a question to the romance community, whether he was looking for a legitimate answer or not. And that question is one that has come up before. We've talked about it before. Yep. But that still hasn't completely been discussed to the full force of its ability. So impact versus exposure, I guess, is a big thing. And I couldn't tell you, actually, which one was more impactful. But I can tell you which one was exposed to more people. Well, sure. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, yes. Are you thinking of the one that was 21,000 yeah, people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, see, this is, we've been doing this long enough, I, I could tell. I could tell. Here's the thing that I kept thinking about too, right? Like if Jack Harbon had tweeted the thing about bigness and hugeness and arms being big, like if these were flipped, I think that would have been a really interesting mm. way to think about it also. Because this is the thing, in both cases, the conversation is actually a legitimately important one that's worth having. Mm-hmm. Jack Harbon comes to this with the credential to actually ask the question and sort of deserve an answer yeah. in a way that Mr. Big Jack, less so, right? Like, he's new and welcome. Like, good for you. Come on in. Whatever. I, may, I probably won't watch these videos, but I'm also not that much on YouTube. I've never heard of this person. So, same. you know, same. I yeah. have, like, I have other YouTube clips to watch. Um, but like, I think if someone within the community, and people have, I don't in any way mean to suggest that no one has talked about this issue within the community. But I do think that's a different kind of a question. Yeah, that that is a a different kind of question. And it's probably one that we won't be able to answer. I mean, it's only episode 99. I think we'll have another chance. <laughs> um. All right. Well, and like I said, that was kind of our... <laughs> Quarterly, semi-annually, uh, check in on Twitter. Right. I don't know anything else that you want to say before we before we leave Twitter behind till uh, May or June. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Trisha and I know for you listeners that there is a like comparatively, the romance community on Twitter is much smaller than the romance community as a whole because like what ten percent of all Americans use Twitter. And the number is even smaller if you count worldwide or whatever. So we try not to dig into whatever the romance version of the Twitter main character of the day is. But there are a lot of conversations that keep happening. And uh, like we sort of wonder, like, who is having those conversations? Are people having those conversations offline? I don't know, because I live on the internet, basically. Yeah, and I think that's I not to keep us in this too far um or too long, Jess, but I almost think that's an interesting question too, right? Like what percentage of romance authors do you think are active on Twitter? And I do mean active as opposed to just like on. Yeah. <laughs> versus romance readers. And I I wonder what that kind of says about the conversation. Because my guess is that percentage wise, significantly more authors are active on Twitter mm-hmm. than readers. So I almost wonder it I like in some ways I almost wonder if this is like you know, professional development conversations sometimes for people to be discussing this while the readers are sort of just off in their own world, like watching the most recent episode of Queer Eye or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, I don't know, that's an interesting, maybe that's, maybe that's what we'll discuss in June. Yes, 
Let's make it June. All right, perfect. <laughs> Episode 100 and something. Eight? I don't know. We'll see. Be ready, everybody. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get to our final segment and some recommendations um, that actually came from someone who wrote in and, and had a suggestion, let me tell you a little bit about Fools in Love, Fresh Twists on Romantic Tales, edited by Ashley Herring Blake and Rebecca Potis. Fake Relationships, Enemies to Lovers, Love Triangles and Best Friends, Mistaken Identities and Misconnections. This collection of genre-bending and original stories take common romance plots and reimagine them in new, exciting ways. Look out for the powerful Flora, a superhero and his nemesis, a fantastical sled race through snow-capped mountains, a golf tournament, the wrong rideshare, and even the end of the world. Featuring YA writers Gloria Chow, Mason Deaver, Sarah Farazan, Melinda Lowe, Natasha Nyan, and more. This collection is sure to sweep you off your feet. It's a truly diverse group of authors and characters that are represented in this collection that is also LGBTQ friendly. There's so many sapphic, gay, and queer romances in this novel. Funny story, one early Goodreads reviewer claimed that there were not enough straight romance stories in the book, so the editors of the anthology created pins that said, Warning, collection contains insufficient heterosexual representation. It is perfect for February, whether you are looking forward to Valentine's Day or just want some cozy fluff to keep you going this winter. This book makes for an excellent pick-me-up. That is Fools in Love, Fresh Twists on Romantic Tales. It is edited by Ashley Herring Blake and Rebecca Potus. All right, Jess, mm-hmm. let's talk books. Let's talk books. What kind of books do you want to talk about? Well, Rhiannon emailed and asked us about books from our endless, bottomless TBRs that we finally got to and were delighted by. (laughs) Also known as the Punch Me book. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I might have have taken some liberties with that. (laughs) Because I feel like delighted is my general description of romance. So let me ask you this first. What is it that will bring a book back to the top of your TBR? Well, it really varies for me. Sometimes it's, oh, crap, I have to read that book because I'll be talking to that author soon. Sometimes it's, oh, I forgot about that book. I should read it. And sometimes it's, I did not know that book existed. Wait, yes, I did. (laughs) Yeah, fair. (laughs) Fair. Because I don't, I mean, I guess I was thinking about this and a couple of times for me, it's been... Okay, I've hit the critical mass of someone recommending this book this many times. Mm-hmm. Or I it happened to be a book that people had talked about a million times and then my library was like, oh, if you like this, you might also like this. Mm-hmm. One of the books that I was going to mention is a book called Wherever You Are by L. Wright that is a book that I happened to pick up at a book convention. I want to say it must have been RT or Book Lovers Con. I don't remember what it was called at that time. Mm-hmm. That is a Kamani romance. And it's just so, like sort of small and quick. And I was looking for something to read on a weekend. And it's, you know, they're like 200 pages. And like, just for me, just the right amount of soapy. So mm. this one, I think I picked up sometime last year, it could have been 2020, who knows, all of time is gone. Right. But it's about a uh, a woman who has created this sort of hit series based on her hometown. And she comes back for this special event that she needs to be at. And she ends up having sort of a stress 
work-related, kind of overwork-related crisis. And as it turns out, her doctor is someone with whom she has a history. And so it was kind of, at that time, it was kind of just like the, the right amount of like plot and drama and characters and also knowing everything was going to work out and knowing that it was going to work out within 200 or so pages. <laughs> and it just kind of was like the right amount of everything at the right time that made me kind of pick it up off of my shelf. And actually, kind of a funny story, as I was going through books recently, I'm trying to get, we've talked about this, I'm trying to get rid of some books, you're trying to get rid of some books, it is what it is. Mm. This is one that did not end up in the Goodwill box because I kind of want to hold on to it either for myself or for someone else who needs exactly this on exactly that kind of weekend where that's what you mm. need. So again, that was Wherever You Are by L. Wright. But that's kind of, I don't know, I kind of just happened upon that one on my stack. Jess, it felt a little serendipitous. Yeah, yeah. I that's, That happens to me sometimes, but some of those books just get so buried and I'm sad. Um, but oh, yeah. I'm going to try to do that more this year. As I work on my um, project, I was like, process, progress, pro- project. <laughs> All of those. All, All of those, those are true. To maybe, you know, get some of these books out of my house. But it, it's funny because, you know, you were saying that you picked that one up a long time ago. The books that I'm that came to mind as far as they feel like they've been on my list forever, a couple of them have actually only been out since the pandemic started but it just feels like i've taken so long to get to them like the soulmate equation by christina lauren i remember getting a print arc in the mail and being like oh my god i need to read this Mm -hmm. and i read the hardcover copy earlier this week like (laughs) well sure yeah (laughs) in fairness the pandemic has been both very long and very short right so i think you're doing great it's like have I had this book for a year? Has it been six <laughs> months? Like, how how long has it been? But The Soulmate Equation, I gotta say, like, you all, Trisha and all of you listeners, have heard maybe about how I am sort of hit or miss with Christina Lauren, not because of their writing, because their writing is always amazing, but sometimes they just write stories that I'm, I can't get down to. Like, I was so down for the unhoneymooners and then there was projectile vomit and i was like nope gotta stop but this one i started and i did i just sorry just to clarify i'm pretty does the projectile vomit happen in like the first chapter it's something like that yeah okay okay (laughs) yeah yeah so you were not on board on that one for very long no no it was too bad but then there was there was some other stuff going on that i was like yeah (laughs) i just wanted to make okay sorry continue yeah totally but this one the soulmate equation I started, I didn't want to sleep, I didn't want to work, I just wanted to keep reading this book. And this is one of those books that some people are like, eh, is it eugenics? I don't know. But it's not, and it actually talks about that. There is a company in San Diego where the male main character is the originator, creator, not CEO, but maybe chief science officer or whatever, and they've figured out through genetics how to match people who are in various tiers of potential soulmate potential. Um, So, you know, they have like your base match, which is like you're 20% genetically likely to whatever. And then there's diamond match. And 
Jess, I read a whole book where the main character had my name and I did <gasps> not freak out. Oh. Doesn't happen very often. So look at you and your growth. Cheers to them. Decides on a whim to actually like submit her sample and she ends up getting a diamond match with the man who created it and they like sort of figure out what that means it's like science but i kind of don't like you so but (laughs) so it you know it's it's kind of slow burn but not because it's it's really about like a courtship and you know how i love books that are just like a courtship so Mm -hmm. the soulmate equation by christina lauren is one that i might not have been ready for last year but i was definitely ready for it last week and i'm glad that i finally picked it up yeah i i mean i feel like talking about things that maybe are not normally for you but then turn out to be for you that happened to me with beginner's luck by kate claiborne it's one that I read recently. I read Love Lettering by Kate Claiborne a couple of years ago. It was a huge, huge romance book. And I think probably the first one that kind of put her on the map in a way for people other than, you know, who are a little more hardcore, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it was one that you would recognize the cover of in your local bookstore or your Barnes & Noble or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I ended up going back recently to read because I've always really liked the way that she writes. Mm-hmm. And this book, I started it. And I will tell you what, Jess, it's written in present tense, hmm. which is a thing that is really, really hard for me. It's part of the reason that I've never been able to get through Red, White, and Royal Blue, despite how much everyone talks about how incredible it is and Uh, how much I think it probably is fantastic. But it's not for you. But it's written in present tense. Yeah. And I can't get, I can't get over it. But for whatever reason, I kind of plugged through, I think because there was enough reflecting back into past tense, like telling stories of like, this is kind of how I got here, Mm -hmm. not in a very specific, like, you know, with, like needle drop sort of way of like, I bet you're wondering how I got here. But like <laughs> enough of that, that it, I kind of transitioned into it. But at any rate, it's the first in a trilogy about three friends who on a whim one night buy a lottery ticket and they win. That happens before the books start. And so by the time this has happened, they're all millionaires and they're trying to figure out what to do. So this is the first of the three women kit who is a... Material scientist, a physicist, she's brilliant. She's super good at her job, but she has a lot of kind of baggage. Her home life was not stable as a kid. Her father was dealing with a variety of different kinds of addictions. She was essentially raised by her older brother. You know, she decides to buy a house, but she's so brilliant at her job that this guy, Ben, comes from this like big corporate firm of like metal and science and engineering i don't know uh can you tell that i am not a scientist uh and he comes to try to recruit her and she basically is like no i'm not interested and he's like yes but and she's like no i'm not interested and he's like yes but you don't have door handles here and we could give you door handles because they don't fall off at the labs where i work at giant science firm (laughs) and she's like no i'm good and she finds out like he hasn't actually read the papers he says he has it's a whole thing 
And he's staying in town at the time. He kind of just does this recruiting trip, you know, as a favor to someone. He's staying in town because his dad has recently had an accident. He's doing caregiving and caretaking. He also works at a salvage yard, which happens to be a place where she needs some stuff for her new house. And just the writing is really lovely. Like there's a, a point at which that there's a line where it talks about Ben pausing and then saying, and this is a quote, with conviction that seems entirely born of self-preservation, <laughs> it'll be all right. And I feel like that's so relatable. Like so much of the writing kind of just hits home in that way that I'm so glad that I picked this book back up. I already have bought the other two books in the series. I will be reading them too. Mm -hmm. Um, But that is Beginner's Luck by Kate Claiborne. You know, I, I think I own that book. Well, let me tell you, if you can get past the present tense, it is, it is worth a try. I'm cool with present tense, so I might have to pick it up soon. I I really want to. But that's what I said about If She Says Yes by Tasha L. Harrison Mm -hmm. two years ago or whenever it came out. That was like, oh, that book's coming out soon. I need to make sure to read that the day it releases. And here we are. I love Tasha L. Harrison's books. They're so good. I've talked about Tasha L. Harrison's books. And I don't know if I was worried about if she says yes or if I was just waiting for the right time. I don't know. But I'm really glad that I finally picked it up because who doggy is hot. <laughs> if she says yes is it's the third book in a series, but it stands alone. You can you can pick it up or read the other two. Do do what you will. And you've got Tomas, who is a handsome young architect who is going home, well, kind of home, with his BFF for his friend's wedding. Um, and that he's getting married in Savannah, et cetera, et cetera. But Tomas has a secret. Ever since college, he has been head over heels in love with his best friend's mom. Oh. Uh-huh. And this is when he finally snaps and tells her. So, and Darcy is kind of like, you know, she's like, I'm single. I'm available. I'm going to do what I want. But she's still thrown by the fact that her little Tommy is telling her that you know, he has something beyond a crush, and he always has. So they have to sort of figure things out. But this book isn't that long. So there's a lot of sort of emotional exploration for each of them, while there's also some other exploration together um so (laughs) sure it's you know it's it's one of those like you were talking about with the l Wright book like it was in the right place the right time the right length the right story and i'm glad that i finally picked it up but now i am waiting for the next one i mean fair and you have 100 percent sold me on this book just in the last (laughs) few minutes excellent Yeah, I will be, uh, as I link to it for the show notes, also linking it for my own personal self. (laughs) Uh, And I will tell you what, for the last one that I'm going to talk about, Jess, I have to credit you, as always, as happens so often on this show, a book 
came across my radar. You've been talking about it a little bit on and off, maybe very passionately. You might have written it up for like best of 2020 <laughs> or 2021. No, yeah. I don't remember anymore. Uh, it's a it's a little book called Check Please. Uh, it's, you know, there's, there's some hockey. There's some, a lot of things. It's by Ngazi Ukazu. It is a graphic novel. It is, I mean... This is the reason that I'm pretty sure that I was the person who inserted the word delightful into Rhiannon's request. It is delightful. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so lovely. There's, I, It is impossible for me to imagine just not feeling good after having read this book. It's about a, a hockey player, goes by Biddy, who is... Didn't wasn't always a hockey player. Started as a figure skater. Is you know decided to play on the university hockey team and is very different from a lot of the other guys. He's you know smaller of frame. Loves baking pies in particular. It's a whole thing. I almost don't want to say too much about it. There is well, there's Jack as Benny mentions, who is a very attractive other hockey player. Benny might have a little bit of a crush. (laughs) I don't want to go too far into it because you can just fall headfirst so quickly into this book. The art is beautiful. The secondary characters are so charming and Mm. lovely. Like there's almost, I don't know, I've only read the first so far, which I feel like is a little bit of an HFN because you don't know, but there is a second one. And at this point, to be honest with you, like there's no villain, which I think is kind of lovely. Mm-hmm. And I that is a thing that I'm totally here for. It's just like as like you were talking about having, you know, gotten up early and all of that to to read a book. This is the book that I got out of bed, you know, half an hour early because I would then have half an hour more to to get closer to the end of it because I just could not finish it enough. The second one will be here any day now. I ordered it. I'm excited. Yay. And that again is Check, Please by Ngaze Okazu. So read it. Jess was right. She was right all along, as always. <laughs> um, no, I, I knew you'd like that one when you got around to it. Oh, uh, so good. It's so good. I love I love it so much. And I want there to be an endless, endless Check, Please series. Unfortunately, it's just the two. And she is working on something new now. But, you know, I have my copies so I can go revisit them when I want and hang out with yeah. my friends. <laughs> Yeah. It was worth buying in hard copy for me. Like, that's not always the case. I read a lot on ebook, but this one was worth being able to hold and page dog ear pages and whatnot. So. Mm-hmm. All right. What else you got? All right. I have one more, and that is Something Like Love by Christina C. Jones. Um, I will note there is a book called Something Like Love by Beverly Jenkins, which I recently discovered she thinks is her best book. <gasps> But I haven't read that one yet. So that one's going to be my next book from the TBR that I finally got to because I am looking at my copy across the room. Yeah. But anyway, Something Like Love by Christina C. Jones. It's the sixth book in a series, actually. And I haven't read the first five. But, you know, you you see the couples, you know who they are. You know who they are going in. So it's not like, oh, no, I know if they end up together. But this one features two, they're kind of neighbors. Like, the thing I love about Christina C. Jones is that she writes sort of like, neighborhoods like they they might not be like i live across the street we all have main street but like there are these groups of people who live in the same ecosystem and in this case you've got eddie who owns a tattoo parlor 
And you've got Astrid, who is a photographer and also teaches yoga. And they work kind of across the street from each other. It's not quite directly across like your your bakeries in a sure in Battle Royal, but you know, yep. neighborhood. And they can't stand each other. They antagonize each other whenever they encounter the other. And it's not particularly because of a deep-seated hatred. For Eddie, at least, it's because he hates the fact that he finds her so attractive. <laughs> I mean, you know, your typical, like, 10-year-old, yeah, behavior. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, it's like, oh, man, you too. And so it's funny because, like, eventually, like, all of their friends are like, so y'all finally just, like, bang it out? Like, good now? <laughs> But anyway, so they have this contention, but they can't really escape each other because they're in each other's ecospheres. But as they, it's it's one of those, as they discover and learn more about each other, things sure. start to change. And this book stood out to me in particular because both characters are bisexual. So oh, yeah. they actually talk about that. This is a book about Black people talking about being queer in their own communities and like Eddie like really talks about it because there's so much that some people have to say about especially a black bisexual man and I think Christina C. Jones did that had that conversation really well while also not like banging us on the head with it so it's like it's a really fun book because it's it's CCJ, but it also like approaches some stuff that isn't regularly approached. I'm so glad you got to it. Me too. <laughs> and I can't wait to hear more about something like Love by Beverly Jenkins. Me too. <laughs> so, you know, I love that we still have plans for, yep. for all of our future episodes. Yep. Well, huge thanks as always um, to Rihanna for sending that in. We always do love to hear what you all are thinking about and talking about. And um, we definitely do take a lot of show ideas from all of you. So please feel free to keep sending them in. Mm -hmm. Also, send in the books that you've loved that have been mentioned on When in Romance. Once again, you don't have to have heard about them from us. They just have to have been mentioned on the show because it is a celebration of all that Jess and I and all of you have been able to do and talk about for the last four years plus now. Mm -hmm. So as we talked about before, you can find the specific instructions on my Instagram at Trisha Haley Brown, or you can find them on Jess's Twitter. At Jess's Reading, all one word. And you can send either just a quick email or your voice memo to Romance at bookriot.com. Thanks as always to our wonderful audio editor, Jen Zink. There was some like various sirens and motors you may have heard, but if you didn't, it is because Jen is magical. Yes. Yes, she is. Please, as always, do rate and review the podcast. It helps other people find it. And you know you want everybody to be able to find this podcast before we turn 100. Mm-hmm. Yay. We're almost there. We're so close. We're so close. So let us know your thoughts on various things. Tell us books that you finally got to maybe we'll add them to our tbrs and in the yep. meantime happy reading happy reading